1: Questlove Supreme may contain language that some of our listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Suprema, sup, sup, Suprema, roll call. 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 Suprema, su- su- Deep cut. Supreme Check it, it out. Call. For you, Romeo Blue fans, yeah, yeah. dig this scene. Yeah. yeah, met a girl in Toronto. Yeah, named Juliette Green. Roll call, Suprema, Sup, Sup, su, su, Suprema. Roll call, Suprema, Sup, Sup, su, Suprema.
5: Roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah, and I'm a winner. Yeah, so check out my new hairstyle. Yeah, from my man Center.
6: Roll call, <laughs> Suprema, Sup, <laughs> Sup, su, Suprema. Roll call, oh, Suprema, Sup, Sup, <laughs> Suprema. Roll call. Sugar. Yeah
3: I'm your fantasy Yeah no. Sugar Yeah I taste so sweet Oh,
6: oh. <laughs> 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 Suprema roll call
3: Suprema
4: Suprema su- su- roll call I'm Unpaid bill Yeah So much to do Yeah Shout out to Lenny Kravitz What's up? Yeah My second favorite Jew roll Suprema 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 Roll Call. Suprema. Oh. Supreme we'll su- su- Suprema Roll Call. There's only one thing yeah. on which to focus. Yeah. Boss Bill wants to know.
7: Yeah. Why did everybody
4: hate circus? Roll call, it's Suprema, Sup,
2: Sup, Suprema, everybody. Roll call, Suprema, Sup, Sup, su- Suprema,
1: Roll call. It's like yeah, so fresh, so clean, yeah. Lenny Kravitz is here, ooh, yeah, and I'm Black Velveteen. Hello. Roll call, hey.
6: Hey. Suprema, Sup, <laughs> Sup, su- su- Suprema, Roll call, Suprema, Sup, Sup, su- <laughs> su- su- <laughs> Suprema, Roll call.
7: My name is Lenny. Yeah, I just woke up. Yeah, so it's gonna be really hard. Yeah, to get me to spoke up. Roll call, <laughs> suprema, su- su- suprema, Roll call, suprema, su-
6: su- suprema, Roll call, suprema, su- su-
2: suprema, Roll call, suprema, su- su- suprema, Roll call. Wait, uh, I got I gotta say something real quick, Uh ladies and gentlemen. Let it just let it be known that. Laia was not dressed like this during Mike Burbiglia's episode. <laughs> I'm going out later. She didn't have that
7: gold velvet on. <laughs> no, not for Berbiglia. I'm going
2: oh,
6: out she later.
7: Has, she has gold velvet on. She gold velveteen. <laughs> I'm
1: going out later.
7: Oh okay. sure, y'all yeah. really? Yeah. Okay,
1: this is for all my ladies that wish they was where I was sitting. Okay, there you go. Okay,
4: <laughs> yeah, was, girls was, are
2: sitting out tonight.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> They deserve to come out every once in again.
6: I see. We <laughs> need Shit. to have Lenny Kravitz. Hot outside.
2: Every it is. It's at you know fifty one degrees. <laughs> Fuck uh, <you>. anyone, <laughs> ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Quest Love Supreme. Uh, actually, you know what? I owe our guest today, an apology because I never truly give him enough credit for his his influence and his artistry, and um, I believe that he has truly kept the, the concept of what they once called in the 80s retro-nouveau, I think Nelson George coined that term, hmm. retro-nouveau slash instant-vintage vibes alive uh long before the daptone empire or uh the cats the la cats from Breakestra or you know anyone that's built empires off of of keeping vintage vibes alive yeah, mark
5: ronson like, same, yeah right yeah.
2: Like, yeah. yeah yeah everyone you know th- this man was first so influential uh without no doubt uh even at this day and age uh he's probably still the coolest dude to walk on the planet some thirty years after his debut. Uh Let uh came into our lives and we wanna welcome. Thank you, brother. Leonard. Oh, Wait, wow. what's your middle name? Nelson? Albert. Leonard Albert Kravitz. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
4: That's what he looks like. Coming, I, I got an uncle in that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Albert Kravitz. So yeah. uh to, to Bill and Steve. Yes. To, now, do you feel that the now feel that the, 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 the playing field is yes. no, even?
3: It's like a little more even. This is very balanced. I yeah. feel this we're is we're still very winning
2: because we got
1: half of them. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, well
2: the, the the host is neutral, so oh. I'm just saying oh. that. Oh, that.
1: that's not what your face and your hair. Mm-hmm. say. You. Well, but I'm
2: in, I'm neutral. Okay. So okay, I'm just saying that you know we these two rarely. This is the most words they've spoken in, like, 12 combined episodes. Totally. Yeah. Since Perbiglia, <laughs> <laughs> Since Mike Birbiglia. Or Jim. Anyway, yeah. Lenny, how, how are you doing, pal? I'm good, man. I'm going to try and
3: be as professional as possible and act like I don't know you. So. <laughs> I want to explain my roll call real quick, because that was a, a mess. <laughs>
2: that, was, that was weird. Well, first of all, your, your, uh, your timing was, like, light no, oh, like, years. That was me. Nope.
3: That was me. I was off I feel like you did that On purpose though No no I was trying to sing Sugar Your song uh, And I <gasps> fucked it all up Okay So that's that Don't come uh, in <laughs> In front it, of Lenny now. I'm yeah. coming in later And uh, fix that
2: No <laughs> we, we can't We can't fix any Roll calls but um, Sorry yeah
7: That was bad So how's it going man It's going really well man I, I, I feel I feel great Creatively um, I just had an amazing Time making this record mm-hmm. Uh Raise vibration, and uh, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, which, uh, like you said, after 30 years, it feels really good to feel like you're still being completely authentic to yourself and that you're still excited to make music, um, having amazing experiences like like the first ones were, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you saying there was a time period in which
2: you didn't know if you were coming or going or or
7: well right before making this album um because I'd done so much and I'd gone so many places musically, I really wasn't sure who I was at that moment, what I had to say, where I was going stylistically with the music um a lot of people were giving opinions, uh, which is good, about what they thought I should be doing and um, try this, try that, work with this one, do this. You never work with a producer. You know, you always do everything yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and and so, and, and this whole thing about remaining relevant, which I learned a lot about because it, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, well, to me. Um, being relevant is being true to who you are at, at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, what was you, I going to go do? Like I was, I was going to go make a trap record, you know. <laughs> like, not that I don't dig it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. try to be that guy. Like, okay, let me go. Let me go be hip and yeah, go. I'm a crappin'. <laughs> so
5: <somebody. laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> you could have called Drake <laughs> up, right?
7: <laughs> so I, um, well, I.
2: It's weird. So you saying that. That you were met with quasi-indifference about Strut? Because you played no, me no, Strut. No, no, it had nothing to
7: do with Strut. Like, that was oh, gone. The period and after
2: Strut. It was after then, that. It was, what after are you the, do? it was
7: after the tour, after the whole thing. And I knew I was going in to make a record, and I had no idea what I was going to do. And so after trying this, trying that, doing this, doing that, listening to everybody, uh, uh, writing all these tunes that, that I was trying to write, um, they were okay. Mm-hmm. um, But... I wasn't feeling it like that, and so I just got really quiet, closed the studio door, went back to just living island life, being quiet and just being out in nature. And I woke up one morning, like four in the morning, with with a song in my head. Ran to the studio, started putting it down, and the floodgates just opened. You know, I had to I had to, I had to wait. I had to wait to receive what it is that. I was being given.
2: So when you're in your, your island mm-hmm. and, uh the Bahamas, mm-hmm. uh, is there a pressure like every morning that you wake up when you're like, okay, where's my inspiration coming from? Because usually when people live mm-hmm. in beautiful, isolated places like that, mm-hmm. usually the
7: purpose is, is to connect with the land and receive ideas. Absolutely. And just live. So I'm not on a schedule. I'm not... You know, like I have to go in every day, or I just wait till I feel it. And once I feel it, and once these dreams start and the music starts coming out, then it just keeps coming. And then I'm just in there, like for months, just working. Okay. You know, yeah.
2: So where were you born?
7: I was born in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, Troop and Cosquiasco. Do we die at Bed-Stuy? Yeah. 368 Troop Avenue.
4: Three blocks from where I used to live. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Um, it was me, Jay, Mike Tyson. You know that crew. You were the Marcy Project. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all in
2: the same neighborhood. Okay, yeah, I see. Um, in general, like I mean, I've 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 seen interviews before where he's like, you know, you were in two worlds, a mm-hmm. black and well, you know, your yeah. album was also called a black and white world. So, um. But what was, I mean, to be a child in the 60s in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, was this a well-received idea, especially you being before born before? I don't know what you're, I'm not trying to fish for your age.
1: You look like 20 years ago. So. Yeah, because you still it's, look 20-something. You had the hairstyle you, from when you first started, so it's, it's really com- <laughs> it's confusing. But
2: I know there was a
7: six in the third digit of your birth year, so I'm just trying to figure out in terms of... Yeah, I mean, I really caught the 70s. I really caught the early 70s Okay. by the time I was really... Well, late 60s, too, but... Um, I mean, the first things I was hearing was Jackson 5.
2: Okay, so 70s. Yeah. So... How how what was your childhood like as um, far as being and you're the son of Roxy well, Roker? Yeah.
7: So. My mom at the time was doing theater. She was in a theater company called the Negro Ensemble Company. And um, where so many of our great African American actors and actresses come from. Mm-hmm. Um so she was doing that. She was a secretary by day at NBC over at Rockefeller Plaza. Oh. Yeah. Where yeah I, grew, work right I, now. I grew up in that building. Really? And, uh, yeah, she, she was a secretary for this guy named Ed Stanley. I forget what his position was. My dad was a producer. He started out as a page, became a producer. They met there. Um, they met at 30 Rock? They met at 30 Rock. Damn, so you're a 30 Rock baby. Yes. <laughs> That's they met crazy. At, they met at 30 Rock uh
1: did he ever say how he caught ca- how i want to say caught her but that feels disrespectful no, how did uh, he <laughs> catch her eye yes mm-hmm. how did he That's catch her how'd, yeah how did he catch her eye
7: um he was very much into the arts mm. very much into music very much into jazz um like he produced the the paganini show that was on there and this and that. he was working with all these jazz musicians mm. and Hanging around with Louis Armstrong and all these folks. And, oh, he's
1: funky. Okay. And,
7: and going to the theater, <laughs> and he was that—he was that cat. Mm-hmm. And you know, he—he—he he, he was kind of smooth. He was kind of—he had—he had some swagger. He was a Ukrainian, you know, a Russian Jew. Uh, now Ukraine, you get specific. Before it was all Russia. Um, and he went after my mom, and they were dating, and and uh, and. Uh, yeah, then they got married. Russian you know. Jews known for their swagger. Shout, Shout out to <laughs> Russian Jews, right? right, right yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all of us are pouring that bill.
2: Yeah, in, uh, yeah right? like y'all and like,
5: Steve right now. Y'all are our annotations now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that
2: what y'all? Is that
6: y'all too? And
7: my was mom smooth. was older. She was hmm. like in her. She's older than 30. your dad? No, but I mean, she was like in oh, her okay. later thirties, and um, or late 30s. almost. I don't remember when something. they met. Yeah. Wow. My mom hadn't been married. My mom was like What's up with that? She was holding out. Ah. So She's waiting for a real one. you know? <laughs> waiting for a Russian Jew, right? Come on, man. And we all get on your mark. <laughs> <laughs> and um they were they were very friendly with you know who Bobby Short is? Yeah. Her, Bobby Bobby Short used to sing at the Cafe Carlisle. I happen to like New York. There you go. That's my shit. He's a he's it sounds familiar. He, he's a brother who sang like Rogers and Hart and, uh-huh. and 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 Ellington and, and Cole Porter and Cafe Society singer. He was in that. Well, see, you're probably too young. I'm like. I'm not, but he, I. He sang I, that Charlie born commercial in, in '76. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I might you, but my my father's a child of Char- like that time, so
7: yeah. Oh, that's him. He sang that. He commercial. sang that? Charlie, yeah. Damn. I think it was Lauren Hutton running around. He was like Char- Charlie. Charlie, yeah.
1: And she was the baby, so yeah. That was-
7: anyway, they were they were they were all like a crew, yeah. and um.
2: You grew up around Bobby Short? Yeah. That's crazy. I used
7: to drive Bobby home after the gigs. When I got older I used to Wait, go. what? <laughs> Cuz I used to always go back. Like when I like when I was a kid, I I was going there since I was 5 years old. And um then when I got older, you know, I still went. Love anytime I was in New York, I went to see Bobby. And I would go to the second show and I'd drive him home. But anyway, the point was.
4: <laughs> Wait, you have.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you have. You have for the longest I've known you,
7: mm-hmm.
2: all of your your life footnotes. Right. Oh, by the way, da, 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 it's a mind blowing shit. I, I'm gonna skip a little bit ahead, but your your Sherman Hemsley story of the first time he smoked weed or whatever.
5: Yeah. It was was with Sherman Hemsley? Sherman- <laughs> the first time you did. Wow. People. People.
7: I've heard stories. About you know, sure. he was so different <laughs> from his character. Yeah. Oh, I heard wow. he, he used like, to had like an acid. I lab tried to explain oh, like that. He used to drive in, he had this silver I meant to Cadillac uh Seville, the box one. You the know, box. those uh-huh. first yeah, ones that yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. Of, and he had this 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 Mexican brother named Ralph, had big old curly afro, used to drive him, and that car would pull on the lot. All you could see it was like Cheech and Chong. All you could see was smoke. <laughs> and he was either jamming Yes or the Grateful Dead wow. Whoa, or Santana. Wow. Well, there's an I was episode say, of the Gentle, Giant. Gentle Giant. I yeah, tried.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the members of Gentle Giant manage, uh, all right, which member of Heart is not married to, what's his name from Rolling Stone? Hart. Uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy.
7: Oh, Anna you Nancy.
2: mean Nancy. Cameron Crowe? Yeah. All right, so which one, Anne is married to Cameron Crow? right? I believe.
7: Yes, yeah, the, na- the, the blonde, uh, right? The blonde. Yeah, yeah.
2: So the guitar Nan-
7: player, the guitar player.
2: Yes. So Nancy, her managers are members of Gentle Giant. Okay. And at the time when she came on the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and uh, she really didn't know who Gentle Giant was, and so she just happened to mention, like, yeah, my management, you know, they used to be a band together. Now they're, you know, their management, and something like that. They're something, some giant, something, something, gentle or something, Gentle Giant. She's like, yeah, what you heard of those guys? And we lost our collective minds because we're, we're a, a lot of us are from the uh, the, the, the school of Jay Dilla, and mm. he samples a lot of like prog rock and art rock
7: stuff
6: mm.
2: and got us into all that stuff. So early, yes, that early, was Sherman's
7: stuff, man.
2: Right, and so Sherman used to always play like you know, like when you listen to the radio on a black sitcom. You're supposed to like rerun. You used to always dance to Teddy yeah, Pendergrass yeah, right right
7: <laughs> <laughs> on what's happening. On what's happening. Get
2: up, get down, get up. I get, like, yes. never noticed that. I never noticed that. Know, yeah, anytime rerun yeah. dance, it's like the fake version of that. Yes, yeah. the fake out
5: version. Yeah. The fake out version. And just blurred like lines version.
2: Yeah, and then the blur line version. <laughs> and then on good times, it was Jimmy Bullhorn's. Uh, Let's do it.
5: Let's do oh, exactly. Let's uh-huh.
2: dance across the floor. Anyway, but Sherman Hemsley, whenever he's jamming. It's, it's like a gentle Rob. giant.
5: It's like something
2: in 719
7: meter. That was his thing, man. And, and, you know, you always saw him in that three-piece suit with the gray hair. You know, they put that gray hair in him. He, he didn't have gray hair then. And he, he'd he be wearing some tattered blue jean flares with, with, the, with the Yes tie-dye T-shirt. What? Oh, and, nice. and he'd be smoking some good butt in that dressing room.
6: <laughs> Straight up hippie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. you know,
7: 11. And uh, my mom's watching me, like, "What you doing going up in Sherman's room?" Yeah.
6: <laughs> so, uh,
7: yeah.
2: <laughs> so, are you saying that he was your your hippie shaman, or
7: your <laughs> he he was he was that cat on the set?
3: You know, Sherman the shaman. Yo, I'm gonna be just like that. Sherman guy. the shaman.
7: That's uh, crazy. Wow.
4: <sighs> yeah,
2: it's amazing. All right, so back to you, child. Yeah, <laughs> <the fast forward laughs> is, like <move. laughs> Good so, oh, so we're right? talking about Bobby Short. Yes. So my mom Currently said not. to
7: Bobby, Cy, that's my dad's name, Cy, right?
3: Yeah, or Irving. Yeah,
7: <laughs> you you or Irving. guys have to be like him. that. Um, um, Lechiah. Lechiah, yeah. <laughs> Middle name, Saul. I mean, it's as Jewish as it gets. <laughs> yes. wow. Seymour Saul Kravitz. Wait, what? Right? Wow. Seymour, wow. Saul Kravitz. That was my rabbi's name. And uh, my mom said, Cy asked me to marry him. So, Bobby looked at her and said, She said, What do you think I should do? He said, I don't see nobody else
6: asking. Uh uh. Nice. Nice.
4: Good shots. Good shots. Nice. <laughs> nice. But, the,
1: well, he got a point, and I guess it's the same thing she Which said. Which is kind
7: of crazy because my mom was all that. Gorgeous. You know? But anyway. Was she? The, they got together, and I'm sitting here.
6: Mm.
1: Was she the fashion queen that she was on TV? But oh, she the she same. Was yeah, right? Amazing. Mm.
7: Yeah. Mm. She was. She was that lady. From the get. Yeah. Oh yeah. Side
2: note. or this is weird to tell you like <laughs> in oh, front oh, no, of three million people. No, no, no. I tried to tell you last time as a surprise, but uh you got to – have you ever met Apollonia Cotero yet?
7: No, in we Singapore? spoke. Because she, she has told something you? for me. Yeah, she has the pictures for me. She told... Oh, uh, cool. She did tell me. Because after a while, it was I've been like... I've forever. forever. <laughs> no, she's got the pictures.
2: Do you remember the episode when the Jefferson shot uh, in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah in like, right. a whole week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently she took like a bunch of uh, Polaroids and had photo books, but left it behind. And uh, Apollonia just happened to be scrounging through like, you know, vintage stores or whatever and
7: saw... Wow. Found my mom's pictures.
2: Whoa. Found her pictures. In Hawaii. But in crazy. a store? At a, at a yeah, at, a, at some sort of like five and dime thrift store thing. So she Yo,
1: what does, are any of her clothes still around? <laughs> not for nothing. I just you wonder going I, where. I, I, Zoe. The
5: Zoe. But well, no, Zoe's, like, Zoe's this big. Yeah, boy. she's <laughs> this
6: big. I would Zoe's get
8: them joint <laughs> tailor. Six.
1: I would get the I come didn't on. know
5: she was that short. I didn't we, know I thought. You
1: get that nice. joint tailor, you cut it off in half. I assume that
2: your mom was like five eleven at least. Like
1: that means it's not the clothes are okay. Just,
7: There's a couple pieces of I mean, Zoe's got like.
1: And they should be in they, a museum somewhere, not for nothing, too, if they can't fit Zoe. They oh, should be in a museum sweet. So, uh, They should be in the Smithsonian in D.C. Uh,
3: I think we're all. Everyone's looking at me.
2: Everyone's looking
3: at me.
1: What?
3: <laughs>
2: I had to. I'm sorry. I am black. Anyway. <laughs> 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 like, did you really think?
5: I didn't know Zoe was that small. My grandmother's small
1: too, but I let some things out. No,
2: but I mean, dude,
7: this is like, trust me. Yeah. Zoe yeah. used to sleep on his couch.
1: Yeah. No, I remember really? Zoe had a long time in, in Philly. I remember yeah. she was in band and whatnot. Oh,
0: Nouveau Yo, for real,
2: Lenny and Zoe are single handedly responsible for all of the French toast jokes y'all got with the oils that i use oh <laughs> like
1: coconut oil you like, for like two
2: yeah. years zoe wouldn't tell me the the, the vanilla oil that she uses uh, i'm sorry there's but a vanilla now. there's a vanilla right? oil but then at your house i smell like you you know okay so t- t- another tmi moment <laughs> you know like when when you're wait what'd you say i said does she smell like you because you t- no, oh. like she was first oh, okay got it she wouldn't
3: tell me. IHOP was first. <laughs> and then, they ain't and got you. no vanilla oil at IHOP. Are y'all serious? Is there serious vanilla and oil then, that
1: you can cook out? Okay.
3: And then,
2: no. And oh then uh, she would never tell me. And then uh, I went to that cookout at your spot in Miami. And right. in the bathroom, I saw the bottle there. That's uh. right. And you
7: started using it.
6: Well, That's yeah, poop- that, yeah, <laughs> poopery? But, then, but, then,
7: poopery? but then I went, uh, I went, this dude smelled like a vanilla cake. I remember <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> you still know you're, not, you're still? you not spraying yourself with poopery, right? Cause it was in the bag. No, 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 okay. No. All right.
7: But like, no. uh, these little, what about. were they <laughs> the, silver bottles? <laughs> the what were they? Those bottles. <laughs> Say it again. They were these little bottles, right? Yeah. They came from France.
2: Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. But she uh, left it there, so I took a photo of it, and then I ordered, like, 42 gallons of yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> and I bathed in it at Costco size. She, she, she got work. legit mad at me for, like, j- j- jacking her her swag, like, that was her thing. Right. Yeah. She got mad at me, so she stopped using it. But, you know, I mean, she the time a vanilla it was, stage. She give me girls and all that stuff, like, what the fuck? Like, you know? I had
7: a girlfriend in Paris that used to wear it, and she was a little girl, she'd she loved that oil. That, that's where that, that came from. That oil works
2: uh, gangbusters yeah. on I'm your sorry. Lovely. This is just Yo, a, rock d- that oil like uh, no, you would have no more <laughs> trouble. <since laughs> at
1: all. First of all, I smell good today. Second of all, do you have like a favorite smell thing or do you just rock it straight Lenny? I'm just, because we were talking about smells, so I just wanted to know. Me personally? Yeah, you personally. Straight Lenny. Uh, yeah, straight Lenny.
7: It's straight Lenny <laughs> okay. a lot of, a lot of the time.
1: I'm just saying, we're talking about Zoe <laughs> but, smell. Um, <laughs>
7: No, we were talking
2: about the oils. <laughs> so anyway, can we go We back? went from French toast to yeah. <laughs> So All back to when you were six years old. Anyway, man, let me get to music at least.
7: <laughs> so d- wait, do you have any siblings? Or are you the only child? I have two half sisters from my dad's first marriage. Ah, okay. okay. Aha. Aha. <laughs> Where are they? Are they single? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is like speed dating tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Two for two. chatting with sugar. Are they old? They said older sisters, right? Yes. Older sisters. You need that in your life.
3: Older than me? Well, no, I, I don't need it. that in my life. Two <laughs> older, beautiful Jewish women. Okay, I need them in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my
7: so how did you get interested in music? It was all around me. I, uh... Okay, f- first concerts. First concert was Jackson 5, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. with the Commodores opening. Before they were called the Commodores, they had—I remember talking to Lionel about it. He's like, "We didn't even have a name then." They had some other name they were going under. Mm-hmm. Saw James at the Apollo when I was like six. Whoa. Saw, then started going up. You know, saw Duke Ellington at the Rainbow Room.
6: Shit.
7: Um, used to hang with him because my parents were were close with him. I remember being at a sound check, sitting on his lap while he played. It was actually that was my fifth birthday. Um, because uh, they played Happy Birthday to me. And Whoa.
1: Duke Ellington yeah. played Happy Birthday. Yeah. Yeah. At
7: the age of five, you went to go this see Duke Ellington, yeah, Ellington playing Happy Birthday. So Miles, all that stuff, Lionel Hampton, da, 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 Sarah Vaughn, you know, going Wonder. to the opera, going to the ballet, going to Shakespeare in the Park, going to Off-Broadway and you know, Black Theater and Broadway. So all this stuff was around me. My parents used to take me out with them, which was really cool. Whenever I could go, whenever they saw fit, they took me to parties. They took me to clubs. They took me to go see stuff. So I saw these people. Before I was 10 years old, I'd seen, like, everybody. Were you one
2: of the few kids allowed in the Studio
7: 54? That... That I didn't make
2: <laughs> Thank you Jesus That I didn't make That would have turned you out Yeah Might not be make. talking to you right now I don't
7: have any pictures Like with Liza Minnelli And <laughs> Michael Jackson <laughs> and- Jackie and- Jackie and, no. But were you
1: usually The lone child In those situations yes. Or were there Like maybe a couple Other no. kids That you might see No it was just No it was, just-
7: it was, it was me <laughs>
2: So, yeah. when did
7: you discover that you had a voice? Not until, well, okay. So, when I was 11, when my mom got the Jeffersons, we moved to L.A. And she—that so was
2: shot in L.A. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so much. The New building, that actually, never... a little
7: drummer trivia. Mm-hmm. The building that's on—I forget—80 something and third. Grady Tate lived in that building. What? Oh, and he was a friend of ours. So before the Jeffersons, we used to go over. In fact, Grady Tate gave me my first drumsticks and drum pad. What? Yeah, gave me my first little Remo drum pad. Remember with the little gray yeah, rim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gave me my first sticks and, and pad. But he used to live in that building that was the Jeffersons' building. Come on, y'all. How will we Everyone's know? like, How who's will we Grady know? Tate?
1: I about to say, just help, help the Tell babies. Tell who Grady Tate is. Help, help the babies.
7: Oh, I mean, he's and a like noted
2: yeah. jazz, you know, god. Yes, of, studio, of drum, yeah, studio drummer. Everything.
7: If you remember oh, see I'm bringing up stuff No just But it it no, no, oh, we please. we
2: rabbit hole Remember, on, on remember
7: Schoolhouse Rock and yes. all that stuff yes. There was a song called Naughty Number 9 okay. Rest in Peace Bob Dro Yeah today. Naughty Number 9 was Grady Tate
2: Yeah he okay. sang Also yeah
7: I yeah. forgot he also sang
1: I asked questions for me but I also ask I questions why I keep for the people because like I, I asked the question I yeah. wonder
2: why too
6: because
2: <laughs> 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 Mike Berbiglia didn't <laughs> <laughs> you wore like 12 hoodies <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about
7: anyway so to my voice mm-hmm. so we moved to LA which was a culture shock because I, I was getting ready to go into the sixth grade and now I'm in Santa Monica and there's like no one on the street and just, I'm like where the hell am I Little white kids with blonde hair on skateboards going by. It. And um, it was very new to me. Anyway, she wanted to keep me off the street because she was going to be very busy doing this doing this show. Mm-hmm. So there was a boys' choir that a friend of her son was in called the California Boys' Choir. And that boys' choir at the time was the second-rated boys' choir in the world next to the Vienna Boys' Choir. So my mom had me audition. She thought it'd be great. It would keep me off the street. I'd learn about music, and then, anyway, I ended up auditioning, not really understanding what was going on. Got in, got trained, and then graduated into the concert choir. And then ended up like my first concert was Hollywood Bowl, opening night of the season, Mahler Third Symphony, L.A. Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up singing on albums with Zubin Mehta, and you that know, was before, your first record. Experience? My first studio session was doing uh, the, the Mahler 3rd, the same one, but with um, Zubin Mehta. So I sang, I had this classical career, so I had this classical voice. And then my voice changed when I was like 15, left the choir, and then went to high school and was just really playing guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, and were you
5: self-taught always? Just yeah. No formal letter? But I didn't
7: want to be the singer. Oh, okay. And um Why not? I just didn't I wanted to be I just wanted to be the guitar player or the bass player or the drummer. I I I wanted to be just chilling on the side. Well, oh you know? the cool guy in the glasses that And then I ended up in a band and then something happened with the singer and they all looking at me and then I ended up being the singer and I was very insecure about it for a while.
2: What was the name of the band? Wave. Wave.
7: Yeah. Not not. What what nothing. period was this? Oh this is like uh this is like 80. Really? So it's like Rick James, Jackson's, Prince, <laughs> you know. Funk, yeah. Cameo, you know. Black band? Yes.
2: Wave, all right. Yeah. Did you guys I ever line get in the
7: studio? two keyboard players, drums, two guitars, bass, you know, the whole thing. Anyone
2: notable in the group?
7: No. no. Mm Okay. Did you ever get in the studio with them? We did some demos, but n- n- this was all like really early stuff. Do you? know where those demos are? <laughs> no. Do you, do, do
2: you I, know where those guys are? Leonard Albert Kravitz. Uh-huh. Do you know where those demos are? Don't look at me like that. Are you, just, are you, are you fibbing on me right now, bro? Because you know I'm going to find
7: them demos. Uh, I know if anybody finds them, it's going to be you. <laughs>
2: um, uh, so that was your first band in 1980?
7: Yeah, it was like, because I was just, mo- I, I was really, I moved out when I was 15, and I was just like.
2: Wait, how does one do that?
7: Um another drumming story. OK. I was 15 years old, living in L.A., living in my parents' house. My dad and I were like having a hard time button heads. What? There was a buddy-rich concert at Disneyland. Wow. Disneyland was having a jazz series, so that night was going to be Buddy Rich, and then separately Freddie Hubbard and a few other folks. And so I, I wanted Freddie to go Hubbard see
5: Hubbard at Disneyland. Say what, Freddie Hubbard at Disneyland I know it's kind yeah, of strange, is, right? Man, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's like, what that it's like inside solo. Sugar Steve's head all
3: the time. <laughs> no, 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 Freddie, Freddie Hubbard at, Hubbard at Disneyland <laughs> You just summed it up. And oh, God. so I told my dad. Wait,
2: wait, time out. Are you <laughs> thinking of cursing out Freddie <laughs> yes, Hubbard? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I mean that could
5: go so many different ways in front of cheering. Okay, so go
2: ahead, Lenny. Sorry, sorry.
7: <laughs> no, no. So I told my dad I wanted to go see Buddy Rich because you know I wanted to see him. My dad was like, you went out last night. I was like, yeah, but tonight, i see Buddy Rich. And we got in this big argument, and that was the first time I did that, like, Richard Pryor thing where Richard Pryor talks about getting into a fight with his dad and standing up and, right. I'll kick your ass. I'm not afraid of you anymore and all that. And I was shaking and shit. You know? <laughs> as a and my dad was, like, ex-Green Beret, like, oh crazy, <laughs> jumping out of airplanes with knives and machine guns and shit. <laughs> and hand grenades. <and> <laughs> I'm like... Stand up. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and um, that was it. So it was like, you know, you live you live under my roof, under my rules, or you go. And so... And I went. Was Buddy Rich worth I'm it? I'm going to I Disneyland. Went, just to go to
2: Disneyland. <laughs> man, yeah. This is the greatest I'm going to Disneyland
4: story ever.
7: There was some mean press rolls, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean... Wait. So at the
2: end of the night,
7: do you <laughs> at like, the end of the night, after seeing where I gotta go, B- Buddy and Freddie, I'm like, "Oh shit! I ain't got nowhere to go." <laughs> 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 and your
2: mom gonna so, be like, no, "My
7: mom was freaking out because remember, there's no cell phones, right. you know? I mean, right. they, so but I stayed out. I, I that was it. I, I, I was in the street. I was in people's couches. I slept on studio floors. I, I slept in, I slept in a car, for, in a four Pinto,
3: for a while. Did it ever cross your mind to go stay with the Jeffersons in that, in <laughs> that nice apartment?
7: In
5: that, in
3: that building in New York?
7: Yeah. In
5: the sky. Yeah, in the sky. Uh, uh. A
7: deluxe apartment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a
3: nice place.
2: Well, wait. I mean, so were your, were your pre or your of years, were, were they independent?
7: Yeah. I mean, mean after I left? Yeah. Oh, dude, I well, was... No, no.
2: Even before, like what... Because even the idea of going out, like I... Probably like, hey, I'm going out. Usually, like you know, father's all like, you you ain't telling me you going out. You yeah, going to you're ask, ask me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, of course, yeah,
7: yeah. I was respectful, but this, at that point, we just.
2: But what was what was out there for you? I haven't talked to any black celebrity that was like coming of age mm. in the late '70s. Mm. In early '80s, so what is out there for you in Los Angeles during this time
7: period? Man, it was wild.
2: There's no House of Blues. There's no like what's no. Sunset Boulevard looking like.
7: Uh, well, there was the Roxy. Okay.
2: What was your hangout? What's was, your, what was your like?
7: I uh, mean, I hung out at people's houses. I hung out at at uh, I was I was friends with uh, with uh, Kennedy Gordy, also known as Dude. Rockwell. Rockwell. Yeah, we went to high school together. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, do you have any Apollo connections so between? I, not
7: Apollo. Yeah. Benny Medina, Apollo.
4: Yo, yeah. When, yeah. I when, I
2: not, when I met, all right, so oh, yeah. I wow. wish you could have seen
0: the
4: look on Lenny's face. I went to a J-Lo
2: show, right? <laughs> oh. I, went J-Lo show, right? <sighs> <laughs> I went to a J-Lo show, and Benny came in,
7: and- Nobody knows about
5: Apollo. Right. Oh, we so, do, we do. Well, when we I do. mentioned well, it- well, y'all, are,
7: y'all are deep <laughs>
2: connoisseurs. Yeah. <laughs> so when I mention it, Benny's eyes got oh, he wide. Like, how do you know- and shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> and, them, and them dance moves.
6: And those,
4: oh. Yo, I got this soldier no, appearance. I got this when dance I met, fever appearance. I
7: knew, I knew uh, Benny when he was 16 because I was going to Beverly. I was in the same class as Kennedy, as Rockwell. Right. And then his older brother, he had an older brother, Carrie. Carrie, yeah. And Benny was Barry's gopher assistant. Yeah. So when he had the afro and the whole thing. Benny, um, Benny was his his
2: the ditty to Andre Arrell. Yeah, yeah, that was Benny. <laughs> that was Benny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh
7: wow! And because uh, you said that's wave, perfect to know. the yeah.
2: second you said wave, I said, "Damn, it, that's almost like one step remove away from Apollo." Yeah, and some it, point, it, it, I wanted to ask it was, if he had any connection. It was, but um, oh, you got to tell mass stories, there. So I used to, so I, I used to be up
7: at Barry's house a lot. Uh huh. You know, and you'd wake up in the morning, and Jermaine be sitting there, and Diana and. You know, Marvin and everybody. Oh. I mean, it was. It how got, old
4: are you getting at this point?
7: Like 16, 15, 15 years old. Okay. <laughs> and that, wow. that,
5: did you know, like, the magnitude of I how I had big never seen. Man, I grew up
7: in New York, you know, in apartments. Okay. I'd never seen anything like These people were living in, like, I, I didn't even know it existed. Shit. He had his own arcade, wow. pinball machines, and video games, and, you know, VHS players all over the place, <laughs> and rooms and cars, wow. and instruments and you know i i'd never seen anything like that in my life it was a bug out but yeah that was one of the places i used to hang and then i i stayed with people you know living on couches and and all that kind of thing la life so uh, how but the scene it it was a lot of clubs okay clubs studios people's houses studios the clubs were good then yeah
2: well i know that you know the 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 hard rock heavy metal scene that was formed on Sunset Boulevard, Mm -hmm. at least like for the Motley Cruise and all that those, but where would the progressive black people
7: hang? Like
2: where Mm. were they allowed? What spaces were they allowed to be in? There
7: weren't clubs like where those bands really, well, Actually, there were some clubs on Crenshaw. There was one called The Total Experience. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, a 97. Yeah, oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. All y'all Dude. <laughs> hey, Look, listen. All right. You know who I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> they know more than I do. Oh. I
2: brought them here to be oh, my okay, brain trust. okay, I'm just, I'm Ronald McDonald. <laughs> These guys are Ray Grimms. You know, yeah, right. He's <laughs> Grimace. <laughs>
4: I'm
2: Grimace. Y'all Ray Gremis.
1: <laughs> so, okay, as a middle question, so when he, when he said that, what did that trigger with y'all too?
5: Oh, no, so Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie Simmons. Lonnie Simmons
4: was the owner of Toll Experience Ronnie Records. Simmons. That ran yes. uh,
5: the Gap Band. Yes. They signed the Gap Band, the gap band.
4: Yarbrough okay. Peoples and all that. Got, all the right. club
7: was also where they shot the club Dolomite. scenes at Dolomite. And Dolomite.
6: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I actually did a gig in the Toll Experience once.
2: Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What was that club like? Because everybody...
7: Man, it was just... That's where all the brothers... Was that our around. house of blues? Yes. Yes. And then there was a jazz place on the Bray in Washington called the Parisian Room where... Uh, uh, Arthur Prysock used to. You know who Arthur Prysock is?
1: Don't do that because you know what. When you look at me, you don't look at used Bill. To
7: good
6: tonight
4: <laughs> is kind of <laughs> special. I do. She she, I noticed like that's I did gonna, not to like that's, gonna, no. that's no. gonna
7: help her out. That's you know? it. The Lower and brow commercials. I didn't know can that. I didn't know that was Arthur Prysock. Yeah, that's Arthur Prysock.
1: Y'all, can God we do a room damn, check me, you and you see that I'm not the only one that doesn't know that? Because Bill Sherman, you
6: did not. know. I don't know tonight. Let it be low and brow.
2: Huh? You don't know tonight? Let it be low and Brow?
7: Let it be
6: low and brown. I remember those commercials. The beer, low and brown. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. Still yeah. In that commercial?
7: No, but in just, the in the seventies, re- there was, it was a commercial. Side,
2: <laughs> side. <laughs> I was born in '70s. Lenny's bringing out all the uh, assist on the on the side of mirror stories. So uh, another reason why television was taken away from me <laughs> is whenever uh, we would have ginger ale... For dinner in a can. Canada dry? You <laughs> would, would the beer commercial. <laughs> yeah, I would get a mug and then pour my Canada dry just so that the, the, the food thing, right. like,
4: yeah, we, can flow over. <laughs> no, there must be a reason why we know each other. <laughs> you did, you the, did same, the same thing. Yeah, shit. I did the
7: same thing too. <laughs> We all did that. Y'all
1: didn't just drink the lone brown with daddy on the bottom. I never told
7: y'all, y'all
4: the original
2: bro.
7: reason why television. But got then to you didn't step me? up to like Martinelli's?
2: Oh, oh no, that man. apple juice. That, that was like the champagne
7: of fakeness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my parents, stopped that
2: real quick. No, unfortunately, oh, mom, I'm, I'm sorry about this, mom. I got to tell this story. The The main reason why TV was taking out my life was over Hawaiian punch commercials. Uh, because if you're a three-year-old be an, an impressionable, Oh, the guy hitting stuff. the other guy, right? Right. Yeah. So oh. the, basically, it's, maybe it's a racist commercial because like, the, the Hawaiian native guy would go to the tourist... And say, how about a nice Hawaiian, Hawaiian punch? punch? He's yeah. like, sure. And he beat the shit <laughs> out yeah. of
6: him. <laughs> <laughs> no beat, way.
2: Right. And so one day I told my mom, I said, Mom, come here. Uh-uh. Um,
6: I'm to oh, ask you for no. it.
2: I want you to say sure after I have to ask you
7: oh, for no Hawaiian punch.
2: She's like, huh? Just say sure. OK. OK. How about a nice Hawaiian punch? And mom said, sure. And i
5: no you didn't. And, and then, then she no more TV. Got the, nah, the fact that you're still alive. Right. right. Yeah. After doing that to a black mama. Yeah. I almost hey. want to beat Ooh, you myself.
6: Ooh.
5: <laughs> Yo, dog. Oh. Mom, she no Wait, stop
7: i um, Oh, still 50. owe
4: you a slap from that. It ain't too late.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> you, didn't, you
7: didn't get the phone cord or the Hot Wheel track. Man, Wheel track.
4: Let me clear the orange one. The orange oh, wow, one, baby. Oh, and let me clear the straight part of the Hot Wheel track <laughs> too. Oh,
2: we oh, about to
6: turn out
4: black. Uh, wait, Rosario, turn it off. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> wait a minute. Are you
1: saying that Roxy Roper used a strap because that would really what? make me happy? My,
7: the strap, man. Wait, wait, what? But I'm her sad. favorite thing.
2: He oh, he <laughs> back down, back down. Wait. <laughs> what? We're not even gonna get to Mama <laughs> said till <to> like she was <laughs> We didn't
6: even get to I mean,
1: sweet. Can let me like, hey. finish. Wait, telling us what her weapon of choice was. I want to know if she. Well, got- no.
7: Her, her, her kind of. I'm sorry, Rosario. Her kind of mind fuck one was like she had this big um, brush, like a boar.
6: Oh, oh, but, but that wood, <laughs> yeah, up yeah. and back-up. with that handle, oh, yeah, and yeah. she
7: had me come. She said, "Come here," and she said. Put out your hand.
6: Oh! oh I got man. that once. And yeah. I
7: had to put it, knuckles up.
6: Woo! Put out your... You,
7: you, put out your... Put it out. Put your hand up.
6: Paya! Oh! Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. man.
7: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Wow.
1: Lenny, so black and <laughs> Wait,
2: wait. But wait, you, you actually said something before you got to wave, which was... You said on Crenshaw. Yeah. Now the thing is, Crenshaw.
5: At that. Now, as soon as you said Crenshaw, yeah. we knew. That, okay, that's where black folks at. This was real, <laughs> this was real Crenshaw. I know that. I mean, that. it's still real, but that was really real. Yeah, but yeah. was it cool?
2: I mean, did you feel? I mean, I'm caught, when gang activity was heavy. Yeah. In L.A. Mm. Were you cool? Man, I used to go really? to the
7: drag races. I used to do all that stuff, man. You went? Yes, For real? I was out there, man. I was in the street. My mom would have had a heart attack. Damn. I was everywhere.
2: But why? This is it like just because join I them was. Or get I, was down, or?
7: I was free, and I was hanging out with all kind of people. Man, I'd meet people, and you end up in their house that night. You don't even know who they are. You know what I mean? Like I was like that.
2: You were that trusting.
7: I was. Yeah. I mean, I I had a i I thought I had a good sense of who folks were, and I, and I, you know. I would meet people, then you'd like sleeping in their house, like knowing them for like a night. You know, like but like I never had a problem. You never really had are a problem. A hippie. Yeah, yeah, my
2: parents were just like not into
7: me hanging with
2: strangers Stranger or Danger. they gotta yeah. know Oh, my
7: mom w- wouldn't have been in that dude, she She didn't know. You know. He moved out. So you got your you but then I, you know, I would emancipate
2: yourself at fifteen?
7: I would go see her. Like I I would go to the set, mm-hmm. I'd go to the Jeffersons, we did the tapings, I'd go see her, you know, go Watch the show, I've done I mean, I, I still- Was she was worried about you? Completely, yeah. But like, uh, I don't know if he's going to make it and- But now I, when Zoe turned 15, I looked at her and I was like, oh yeah, I see now. Payback. <laughs> I see. I mean, no, I mean, Zoe didn't leave or anything, but like-
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I Zoe's s- rather conservative.
7: She didn't leave till she was 18, when yeah. she went to school, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah, but she just never struck me as like, I mean, she could have easily went down the, the low hand route No, and she was partying, yeah, no. but- She's always like super and, and, and
7: believe me, they were coming for her. Really? Oh, oh yeah, no, I can imagine they were coming yeah. for her, but nope, she she held it together. But she really just—I
2: well. I was impressed with the fact that she just saw that as corny. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, she just like ah, yeah, that's corny. Yeah. Like I was like, oh shit, you taught me something. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's like, like I'll be DJing somewhere, and she's like, oh, I'm tired. And like grandma, that's how I see her as, <laughs> as my grandmother. So how did you? How did Zaro? into your life. And how interesting. Wow. You know, okay. Is,
7: well before Questlove, okay. the wait, wait. drummer
2: of the moment was Zorro. When was okay, everywhere. let me tell
7: you about Zorro. So first of all, I met Zoro on the lawn of Beverly Hills High while I was he went to, there too? No, he did not go there. <laughs> but he was trying to meet people. He he come down from, from Oregon and um he wanted to meet people. So he was we had this big lawn. Looked like a country club at Beverly High. And uh, he had this boombox, and he had a sister who was dating a very wealthy Middle Eastern man. So this guy would, would buy him suits, silk suits and watches and things. So he was like all... Zara was G- a star early. He was all GQ down. <laughs> on the lawn of Beverly Hills High with a drum pad, a pair of sticks, a boombox playing Earth, Wind and & Fire, and jamming to the Earth, Wind & Fire. So, of course, I come out of class... And I see this dude on the lawn, like, sitting there playing Jupiter, you know? Wow. And I was like, who's this cat? Funky. So I went up to talk to him, and that's how everything started. Now, Buddy Rich, that was me and Zorro. (laughs) Really? Formerly known as Dan Donnelly. Okay, that's his real name. Okay. Dan Donnelly. So it was Dan. So Dan was the one that drove me to Disneyland. That we went we went to the concert together
5: and um <laughs> he was he the bad influence in your life that your like parents was like
7: Buick Regal, cream colored Buick Regal. Um was he what?
2: Did your parents see him as the bad influence in your no, life? No, no. He,
7: he was a he was a good kid. He was, was he very, calling himself
2: Zorro then? No 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 he
7: he was Dan Daniel. Donnelly. Okay. Now, Zorro happened because I got him the audition for new edition.
2: Wait, how'd that happen?
7: Okay. This all leads see, all this connects now you Zorro is a connection here because I was trying to get record deals and doing my thing. And at the time, Gerald Busby was trying to sign me. And he was over at MCA, MCA after yeah. he had left A&M Records. Mm-hmm. And so him and Louis Silas and all them cats, and they're like, we're trying to put a band together for a new edition. Do you know a drummer? I said, I know a great drummer. I called Dan. Yo, they're having a new edition, uh, drum audition. Here's the address. Blah, 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 blah. He went, he got the gig. Wow. Now, so now he's playing with New Edition. I'm going to see them play shows. Mm-hmm. I think the first one I saw was at is there is there a, a, a round amphitheater Westbury. Westbury Music Fair. Westbury Music. I went to see New Edition and UTFO opened. Wow. It, man, what it was UTFO. Yo, they <laughs> UTFO killed it. They all killed it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see shows when I can. Now they're playing Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles. I go to see I go with I remember the show. I go with Rockwell. Okay. We went together to the concert and that's where I met Lisa Bonet.
4: Oh wow. Wow. In a new edition
6: concert.
7: Yep. Yes.
4: Wow.
6: Because- because they she a black was, drop. Let me be- start
7: it.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yes. Yes.
5: Yes.
2: Wait a minute. Tell so us. Do you he, know who Zara is, Laya?
1: Can you ask Bill this quiz questions? Why is Because you're, more you're, fun you're fun my with common you.
2: denominator. Okay. It's more fun with you. Do you okay. know who Zara is?
1: No, tell me. I know he's a drummer. He,
2: he, he would be the quest lover of the 80s. All right. Okay. So basically, he was a cat. He must have had his own publicist because he
7: be. No, able- no, he did it. He was his own publicist. That was <laughs> See, him. He, he was Dan Donnelly. Okay, he gets the gig with New Edition. He's like, I, I need a hook. I got to figure this out. So he's 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 Spanish. Okay, Zorro. He gets a hat and a thing uh-huh. and a, the pencil mustache. I so watch if I you watch because then he played with Bobby Brown. He's yes. in the My Brother, in brother, brother? brother? Yeah. Yeah. Right, Right, right. The big ass Lift. Zorro hat. Yeah, I'm wow. winning. I, so I remember him. He then ends up on the covers. And inside of Blackbeat and soul, Blackbeat, right on, and shit. <laughs> right on. Oh. And Cynthia Horner and all them folks. And I mean, he turned himself into he made himself a, brand. a personality yeah. a brand yeah. way before that was really happening. Dude, wow. I'm, I, it, his Instagram key, follows will be yeah. popping. Yeah, today. low
4: key, maybe, maybe should be Zoro supreme. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> 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 oh, Good one. He got write thank some you, more books. You, you. No, been here, here all week. Try to feel.
2: I'm just saying <laughs> I, that had that might have had an effect on me because I was,
5: no, you know, absolutely. besides
2: Sheila E. There no, really there were no
5: celebrity drummers. Celebrity
2: yet. drummers, and he was just in right on. I know who Zara is because. You know, he was a famous drummer yeah. uh, in the early 80s. And
7: right. then when I came out with my first album 89, in 89, he Let came Love back World. and he was my touring drummer. Okay, see, most yeah. of us did
1: start with Cindy, didn't know that, see? see? Cindy ah, came Zorro on, I get my way,
7: the third album. Zorro was on the first two tours, uh, Let Love Rule and Mama Said, yeah.
1: And he is where?
6: He he's,
7: he's back in L.A. He's uh-huh. he's still drumming and, uh, you know, he he was, pra- he was playing with Frankie Valley a couple years ago. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Wait, a hatless Zorro? Right. Came up to me and gave me. Wait, when? What, uh, what time are we talking?
2: I was still at Fallon. So let's say 2010, okay. 2011. A hatless Zorro came up to me outside of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. And gave me. He said, these are for you. Mm. And he put it in my hand and walked away. And it was 20 of his books, his autobiography.
7: Yes, I didn't know, and I would just looked like who would do. And first, He's a motivational speaker as well, yeah.
2: But at the time, I was a little paranoid because now in, in the in the post nine uh, <laughs> oh, okay. right. eleven period, <clears throat> living the stranger walks up. Yeah, and I'm not saying you ever talked to Nard or Michael Walden. Yes, Zaro sort of did that to me. He was like, "Brother, blessings. Yeah, this is for you. You don't know who I am." But then, and and he put it in my hand, and he ran off. And instantly, I was like, shit. And oh, you went shit. up
7: some white powder in them pages, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I was like, yo, dog, I, or what I And I looked and I was like, oh, books. And then when I got in the car and pulled the book out, I was like, "Holy shit, that was Zoro! Like, who does that? Like, yeah. that was the thing. Like, he just and, <laughs> yeah, no and disappeared in the night. He just disappeared in the night. He's like, still a cutie pie. That's what's up. Are you googling Zoro right Damn,
1: now? Damn, isn't this what this Watch, show is about? Yeah, she should be. Am I supposed to? This is what everybody should be doing right oh, now. Oh, I did. Is listening to Questlove. Just Spring. make sure you keep that. that
7: he tab and open. I had a DJ company in high school. Y'all DJed. He I he owned the equipment because he had the bread.
6: Right. And
7: I, I DJed. You played records. And the it was records. called GQ Productions.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it
7: was, you know. And we did the local house parties in Baldwin Hills and Ladera Heights.
2: <laughs> Word? You know, wow. All that. Yes. Ladera Heights?
7: Yes, baby. Wow. What kind of <laughs> stuff would you play? Baldwin Hills in the jungle, down below. You know, what was happening at the time. Okay. You know, like Just- you said, Yarbrough and Peoples, Cameo. Right. Yeah, yeah. This and, you know. It- this also... Solidifies
2: that a lot of our great artists were DJs. They, they were DJs first.
0: But
1: where were you? Because in my mind, then you must have went through some type of style evolution. Like where were you style wise at that time in the eighties, rocking parties in the jungle? Um, in Baldwin Hills.
7: I was just kind of clean cut, you know. Yeah. You were GQ, when Baldwin was... Hills looking, you know.
1: That's I, what does that even look like? That's crazy. you
7: know, yeah. But wait, because that
2: leads to my next question. Was that Herb Albert gig real, or was that just just for Soul Train? Oh, the
7: thing on Soul Train. Yeah, that was uh, just for Soul Train because I was making my demos in Studio C at A and M. Okay, the room in the front, right in the, on the left. Right, um, Joni Mitchell.
3: Is that the blue room? Oh, you sounded
7: so creepy. Oh, wow. <laughs>
6: it's creepier than, no, his, we were there. than his
2: roll call. All right. I fuck know. it. It was like,
3: <laughs> Jody
6: Mitchell
2: At the Soul Train Dance. And now here's your host.
7: Fuck y'all.
2: You, you, sound, <laughs> you sound like you sound holding like holding your S- breath. You sound like Sid McCoy right now.
7: <laughs> um, yeah, so hey, I, you know, I was making my demos there, and I I got to know everybody on the lot. And then... You know, they come around Tony and Mitchell to me.
2: Actually, turn out
7: he did ask. Okay, now okay, I'm apologies, not sure. If apologies. C is, the, is the blue room. I was like, "What's he? Yeah, is it? Well, it was, yeah. Oh, then you know, on it. the left there, <clears throat> on the left. It's a small room. It had a yeah. little. I That's think it was important. an API or something at the time. I'm, I can't remember.
2: That's important to know that you actually recorded. At yeah, the, at the at the A and M. So room. I
7: was doing my demos there. That's the Romeo Blue phase, mm-hmm. and I knew everybody on the lot, and then Herb. Uh, that's why I met Gerald. Everybody, right? And then Herb was like, "Oh yeah, we're doing Soul Train." Can and don't you, think
2: you're not going to get past explaining
7: Romeo. Blue can you go play? Can you play guitar right. for me? And so I did that show. Yeah, that was it. No tour. That was that it. That was the greatest moment of my life. You oh my like, god! You can play guitar. Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's like a, it's a keyboard. You had that, to in the '80s. Ow, oh, in my mind that was
1: something. Else. But yeah. the
2: way, uh, but okay. So right not before, not a sitar. Thank you, thank <laughs> yes, you. Yes, I knew what you were thinking.
1: Thank you, thank you. I didn't want
2: to So think. on my birthday, when I hopped on a plane just to have lunch at Giro's Restaurant yeah, in you Japan. Yeah,
7: t- I, I remember talking to you about that.
2: All right, so the thing was, they were like, okay, we can take you, but you're going to have to be here at 11 in the morning. Which, like, required some <laughs> meep, meep action going on <laughs> for this 19-hour trip. So I land there, and of course, like, I'm stir-crazy out of my mind after having been up for, like, 20 hours straight, but... This is a once in a lifetime meal. So I'm like trying to keep myself up and whatnot. So I was like, all right, I know what to do. I'm going to watch Soul Tree. I'm going to watch three episodes and then I'm going to go get my food. In the first episode, I watched, I decided to watch some episodes I never watched before. And I was like, I oh, heard about 1985. Yeah, the whatever. later stuff. Yeah. Right. And the.
4: <laughs> this is a ridiculous story. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine.
2: I think only Fante and Bill's like- going to get this reference. But you remember in the five heartbeats when they went through their electric phase and Robert. Oh Townsend yeah, Robert came after <laughs> that. <Yeah.
6: laughs> Nigga, you think I ain't never seen I know five that. heartbeats? I'm
2: sorry, forgive me. Yes. But Lenny was rocking his guitar on that level. <laughs>
7: yeah.
6: Wow. <laughs> wow. With some 80s long coats. And I'm looking yeah. for it. Wow.
2: He was killing it. And then I don't think I think I'm the only one that's posted online. So
7: then, and then, they, yeah, then Dog comes out to the, to the What's your name, brother? Romeo Blue. Romeo Blue. Romeo. And I
5: was wow. like,
2: yeah! <laughs> I found Lenny. I found it. So, okay, you just did it as a favor, just to, yeah.
1: yeah. I got the picture.
2: I see. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Why didn't you sign?
7: Okay, so I assume that. So I was you, making demos. But if you signed with Gerald Busby. Man, they didn't get, he they didn't you? get anything of what I was doing. So even back then,
2: you were trying to sell us on the vibe you are... that Yeah, eventually became- and, I,
7: and I passed up about five record deals. Gerald tried to give me a deal. Um, then IRS Records was on the same lot. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's yeah. Miles Copeland, Stuart Copeland's brother, who mm-hmm. was running that. They wanted to hook me up with this producer, Martin Rushant, who had produced The Go-Go's. I didn't want to do that, and I wanted to keep my publishing, and da, 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 so that didn't happen. Then... John McClain came to A and M, and completely revamped A and M with right Janet and put J- her with Jimmy and Terry and all that history. Um,
2: Did you know John McClain personally or yes, at all?
7: We're still friends.
2: We'll come back to that. We'll come back
7: to that. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm making a note. Okay, good. good. Okay,
2: no, we got Matt oh. John McClain
7: questions. Cause oh, okay, he's hard to
2: nail down. So yeah,
7: he's 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 uh, he's that cat. He's mysterious, uh-huh. but. Very, very interesting cat and a, and a good friend for a long time. But he, he offered me a deal. Not only solo, but he offered me a deal with a bunch of other guys. One of them being Tony LeMond's. He was in Romeo Blue, wasn't he? Or no. He was, it was a, Tony, was it? you know about Tony, right? Yeah. 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 So Tony before Prince. Okay, Tony and I went to junior high school together. His name was Tony Fortier. And he played French horn in the orchestra and I played percussion. And... Later, he had come to a wave concert, and I hadn't seen him in a few years, and then he started hanging out, and we started making music together, and he was kind of on this like, Sly meets the Beatles kind of thing. It was funky, and I was playing most of his instruments, or a lot of his instruments, on certain tracks making demos. Um, And then, and it was, it was, it was like where I went with Let Love Rule, but it was it was more on the funk side, Right. but it was that raw. And then I was. Then, then we did a gig. We did a gig uh, uh, that Sheila, I guess Prince sent Sheila to come to the gig. She saw this gig. What would you used to call those gigs? In like a rehearsal. Showcases. Showcase. showcase. Like Thank SIR. Yeah, we did the showcase. Sheila was there. Paisley Park. No, this was various labels. Somewhere in the valley, I was. I, yeah, I guess you was scouting for that. Okay, I was playing bass, and then they ended up signing Tony. Tony. Um, I went my own way to go do my stuff, but what Prince did was, which I thought was a mistake, um, is he and nothing against his producer because I love Scritti Politti records. Yeah, yeah, David Gamson. But he put him with like David Gamson. Yeah. I, but but Tony was raw. If I played you these demos, they were. They were as nasty as Sly. I mean, they were nasty, nasty funk with all these harmonies and beetle kind of influence. and And um, I thought that the record was way too slick. And I m- remember Tony telling me that Prince said that they didn't sound like records to him. He wanted them to be more polished. But I thought it was a mistake because Tony's whole thing was the rawness well, was, was a big part part of his thing. That's like if you took me "Let Love Rule" time and said, "Okay, that's great, but we're gonna have."
2: Trevor Horn, well, yeah, Trevor. <laughs> right. who, who love,
7: yeah, who I love, who I love, you know. Yeah, but Trevor um, Horn. Ooh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, completely it's different great record. on the on those Seal records. It's great on Yes and Yeah. But yeah. It's Trevor Horn. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah, I get it. no disrespect. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's a different thing. So, uh, what were we talking about, Tony? But anyway, t- uh, where were we? No, it, Tony, the record was too polished. Yeah, but before that, why do we? Why were we you talking about that? You two were
2: Tony? you two connected? I was asking about John McLean. Ah, well, but, right. and so one of the
7: group, so, well, actually, one of the groups that they so, were trying to, they were trying to do like a black, like, like Duran Duran, right? And that was John's thing at the time. It was me, Tony, uh, and like three other guys, and and they were throwing the thing at it, man. You guys are gonna be big, and we're gonna send you to south the france and record and do this and do that and the money and the deal and the, and i i turned it down wise i have a quick yeah. question about this period mm. there's a rumor that i've been
4: hearing for years that um there was supposed to be a movie starring you oh, tony yeah. you tony mickey free and somebody else as a band against uh the maserati people that prince was writing
7: oh, I, they- I i didn't know about that oh Maybe maybe the they were talking Boys, about right? it.
4: It was supposed to be I think it was supposed to be the Dawn movie.
7: Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, and I
4: think you guys were supposed to play the Coco Boys character. Oh wow, I didn't know the that. The Coco Boys band and it was going to be mm-hmm. the you guys against Maserati. Wow. So, I don't know. That might, but that might have been something bridge. that they were talking about.
7: <laughs> and then of course, <laughs> tragically Tony died. Right.
4: In yeah, a ca- how, did, car he, how accident. did he pass he away? Okay.
7: He died in a car accident. Is Tony
4: is that how you met Ingrid Chavez? Cuz they were dating they were dating at one point, weren't they? Because I heard that Tony and Prince had a falling out because yeah. over her.
7: Yeah, the, I, I, yeah. I don't want to speak for her, but yeah. <laughs> um, we met, and she she came to some of my early gigs, but I don't remember the day I met her. Like, was that a gig or was that? A, I don't. I'm not sure if it was through Tony okay. or just her coming to a
6: gig. Um, yeah.
1: All right, y'all.
2: why did you choose
7: romeo blue um that's the title cuz i didn't know i thought lenny lenny Kravitz I sound like a rock star like a, a motherfucker it sound, like yeah. sound like a a, a doctor on 5th avenue or a, lo- a lawyer like i What's was wrong like, with that nothing <laughs> but at that time you know you got prince and this one and madonna and, and you know no, all I feel you, I feel and you. i was like Lenny Kravitz?
1: Yo, you redefined this. It's can't crazy do that. though. You I
4: don't redefine
2: know, but the when name. I
7: first because there was a few times where I first heard the name Romeo Blue. And but I, I know, didn't give it I didn't give that, Romeo to myself. There was these dudes that I was hanging out with. Um they lived in the hood somewhere. I forget what. And they used to call me Romeo. And so I guess at that time I was talking to some girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I just, just the name <laughs> The name Romeo Blue just sounds like I might could steal your girl and then like i was like you're not trying your to have girl. any male fans like with the name romeo <laughs> yeah blue.
7: and then i um
2: who talked you out of, who talked you out of it just to be in lenny kravitz
7: i i knew it was corny i was just like this is not me okay i, I, I want i want to be me like i it 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 brought me back around to myself like playing this character mm-hmm. yeah
2: how long were
7: you romeo blue because i had like the spiked hair and the clothes and Blue contact lenses, like I was doing this oh, whole Bowie. Whoa! No. Yeah, and this was and this was before there were those. Now we have those soft contact I was lenses. Yeah, these, these. I wanted these blue eyes, right? Mm. So my lawyer turned me on to this special effects guy who made the contact lenses for the Incredible Hulk.
5: God damn!
7: For Luke, for Rigno, like these these con- these contact like lenses,
6: like Rick Baker's these, <laughs> so,
7: these contact lenses were like bottle caps. They were hard, yeah. and I every, I'd go out. I'd just be like blinking and <laughs> b- crying and red. <laughs> you know, it was ridiculous, man. But I was but I was committed. Using Windex for I, contact <laughs> lenses. <laughs> 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 Damn, that's amazing. It was bad, man. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to be Lenny Kravitz, man. That's what's up. That's it. And then, uh, so I was doing this stuff with Tony. Right. Um, and there was another band that I was singing, I sang their demos. It was a band called Maggie's Dream that was here in New York City. And um, I was singing their demos, I was doing Tony's stuff. But all in the while, I was trying to figure out who I was, and then I met Lisa at the New Edition concert. We then became friends for like a year or so, and then ended up being like brother and sister. Actually, the relationship started out like that. You didn't date instantly. No, we were. She had boyfriends. I had girlfriends. They were, there wasn't like a slot. There wasn't nothing happening. It
5: wasn't. So <laughs>
6: Yeah,
5: my, my bench is full right now. Now that you're in the contract year, we'll see what's up. You know what I mean? <laughs>
6: so um, see me on the off season. <laughs>
5: yeah, I got my starting five already. Just, you know what I mean?
6: <laughs>
7: so she's doing Cosby out in LA now at Universal Studios. Same actually, same actual studio as the Jeffersons. Wow, which was interesting. So. So you grew up on the, yeah, on the set, yeah. I mean, of the Jeffersons. Well, I mean, you. Wait, well, sh- no. When, I, when I, after Lisa and I met and became friends, and right. then I, I was I was going back and forth between New York and L.A. Then okay. I came back out to L.A. at some period. She said, asked me to come to the studio. Went to Universal. It was the same studio, same building as my where my mom filmed. Okay, okay. And we're hanging out. She had this uh, Mustang like one of them serious Mustang convertible 60s. It was a a beautiful car. Anyway, she would let me use her car in the day while she was rehearsing and filming so I could go around and do my music and do whatever hustling I was doing. And then I would pick her up at work. She lived in Venice at the time. Then you got to drive all the way from Studio City all the way to Venice, and then I would find my way wherever I was going. Eventually, she's like, why don't you just start staying over? like just stay over like here's a room you're but cool
1: you're still brother sister
7: it, there's a rolling stone interview no it's it's the no, in, no, interview interview oh. where she's talking about her brother romeo <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously wow. it, it it exists somewhere i've seen it well at some
1: point you snuck in the room
7: well what had happened once?
1: yeah yeah <laughs> anyway
7: Anyway, so you know, you understand. But anyway, we ended up. So then I would get up in the morning, drive her to Burbank, and I would go do my thing, pick her up. This went on for months, time. and then we grew close. And what did we do, man? Then you know, we fell in love, and hmm.
1: that's, that's so happened? awesome. And the whole world fell in love with you, and everybody wanted to have okay. that kind of good love.
3: Let's. Yeah. So is is uh? We left it in love Is the Let Love Rule album about
7: her? That whole thing was was both of us. That was really like where we were, you know? And so in doing all that stuff with Tony LeMans and the other group and the da, 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 and I'm turning down all these deals and I didn't go with Tony, I didn't go with John McClain, I didn't go with Gerald Busby, I didn't go with Benny Medina. He, he actually, Benny offered Tony and, and, Tony and I had a development deal on Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They moved us into the Oakwood uh, apartments in, in Burbank. And at the time, Sly was living there too. George Clinton was there. Oh God,
4: oh, no.
6: It, no. man! Oh, oh yeah, oh,
7: get no. out! It yeah. was it was nasty, yeah. it literally it was nasty. It yeah. was nasty, and um, so then Lisa and I are you know getting close, and we're living our life, and we we have, we have this whole like hippie lifestyle and all this love and these ideals and everything. And upon moving into her house, mm. she's like, "Yeah, bring your gear." I brought my stuff, keep Fender Rhodes, I bought my guitars, my stuff, I started writing the album. That's how it started. Right there huh. in Venice, in in her house. And
5: this is before you even had a deal,
7: before you signed with Virgil? I had no deal. I had made the record, I had no deal. The record was done, I had no deal. Wow. Word? Yeah.
2: When was it finished?
7: In Well, it came out in 89, so 89. it was done in 88. Man. Shit. Yeah. So you came- and then I was taking it around everywhere, and people were just like... We don't know what to do with this.
2: Okay, you got to tell. Okay, this this is one story that I'm envious about as far as your daughter's concerned. Mm. Uh, Hank and Chuck told me the story that she, your Zoe, Mm -hmm. was the fifth person to hear Mission of Millions because I guess at some time point, I don't know if they were mastering the record there and you guys were next door or you were mastering your record there Mm -hmm. and they were next door, whatever the case. But they explained to me that um, after being guarded about letting the outside world hearing anything from It Takes a Nation of Millions, Mm -hmm. that you and a pregnant Lisa were the first audience to hear. That's right. I remember that. The record right when it was completed. Yeah. And I was like, wow, man, like fucking Zoe gets to hear this record before <laughs> I did it in the room. What was your what was your initial
1: reaction in that room though? I'm What?
2: I think I think Chuck said that uh It was When different. Black Steel in the Hour, Chaos K one, that's like uh Zoe started kicking uh Lisa in the stomach. So the song about jailbreak. Yeah, that is true <laughs> So okay. There, there was no. um I mean, there wasn't an idea of retro
7: soul. Or, I wasn't and, thinking any retro had nothing to do with it. I wanted, I wanted to make records that sounded like the records that I loved. Right, and I, I get that you weren't
2: intentionally no, trying to do that. And, and
7: I remember but, the first thing I said when I called my engineer in, in New York, who I was working with, I was like, I want it to sound. I, I said carpety. I wanted it to sound like, like how it sounds like us sitting right here with these carpets in this room. With the, I wanted it to feel organic. I wanted to hear the room. I wanted to feel the plushness of the sound, and um,
5: well, very I wanna...
7: much wanted that sort of inner vision sonics. Mm-hmm. Different music that I played, obviously, and so. But that was like where I was coming from. I wanted it to be intimate in your face, and I wanted you to hear my hands playing the instruments, you know?
2: But not that, okay, at least in 88, 89, like, there wasn't uh, Pro Tools technology or anything like that. But the thing is, is that even today, if I wanted to make something that sonically uh, close to, Mm -hmm. quote, the stuff that we grew up on... Mm -hmm.
7: Um, it would cost me more. Like it wasn't something that could be easily done. It takes time. It takes technique. It takes having the right gear, having all that tube equipment and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, So where did yes. you?
2: Where did you find the? Because you more than. Ah, oh God. Okay, I don't want to English. Go those on, guys. say it. No, no, no. I'm just saying you more than. Okay, so when Dabtone does it they kind of overdo it. I mean, with the processing and the in and the and the and the uh compression and stuff, like I get what they're going for, but it almost sounds like too overdone whereas your stuff sounds supernatural. Mm. All right, like uh, uh 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 the first song, Sitting on Top of the World. Uh, right. So but how are you able to mixing wise achieve Achieve that because when people go all natural, especially mm-hmm. starting in 88, 89, the shit sounds like Kenny G. Or right.
7: no, there was nothing that sounded like that. You know, use these uh,
2: these Tama, you know, these Tama <laughs> drums. I mean, was you you did all the instruments on your on yeah. your first record, right?
7: Yeah. Well, also, my engineer Henry Hirsch played the Hammond on some of the songs. Brilliant performances, and played like. A bass on on a tracker or two. So,
2: what instruments um, were you using?
7: I had, I, I had a uh, a Fender Deluxe Tweed amp. I had a Epiphone Sorrento. I had a Telecaster. I had a set of Gretsch drums. I had a Fender bass, an amp. That was it. And his and and this studio. How'd you know how
2: to mic the stuff without? Well, I had
7: had a brilliant engineer, first of all, a a guy by the name of Henry Hirsch, who had a studio in Jersey in Hoboken called Waterfront. Okay. And he was brilliant. And he and I, when I was making demos with another band, that band I was talking about, Maggie's Dream, um, we had gone there. It was like $30 an hour. It was something we could afford. And um, that whole thing didn't work out. But he and I connected. We saw eye to eye talking about music and then... I knew that when I was going to make my record I'm, I'm going to call this guy yeah. cuz he he gets it. And he had he had a Trident board. We had we didn't even we had a Notari MTR90. It okay. wasn't even like a, some
5: like Big Studer,
7: student. Studer was MTR90, which is a great workhorse machine. But we had the he had we had the proper like we had 47 tubes and and then we ended up getting a Fairchild compressor and we had a couple of Pultex, but it really it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much gear. But this guy was a genius and he taught me so so much
2: he knew exactly how to. he did
7: and we used to just i mean we used to go at it you know
2: was it trial and error i mean we'd
7: spend we'd spend days on a drum sound bro you know i was gonna say days i too would try to we start fighting you know it was crazy (laughs) i would try to achieve
2: that and couldn't i mean even now i'll say like Twenty years into my career, I think I'm just finding satisfaction because mm. I. But in the age of no Pro Tools or anything, where you're rewinding tape over and mm-hmm. over again, I would have just imagined that it would take taking you forever to.
7: And I was overdubbing one instrument on top of the other. It, it was no band. It was a trip. But um.
2: So all that stuff. All fears. You.
7: Yeah, all man. Of oh yeah.
2: Freedom train. Oh yeah.
7: And... Wow. All that.
3: Yeah,
6: shit got me money. Me <laughs> too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was that shit got? Shit got there.
3: Yeah, I'm just saying. So you wrote everything and I guess demoed stuff at at Lisa's house and then went to and then I went to, to Waterfront and
7: cut the album.
5: And so just completed the album. Completed. I've then... had no
7: deal. Wow. Taking it around, you know, it's still the go to the black department, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what was the feedback? The feedback was. We think you're talented, but you you can't do this. You need to do what I guess whatever was going on on Black Radio at that time in '88.
2: Need to be Keith Sweat. Where Teddy
7: Riley released yeah, some like, uh, you know? <laughs> Let Love Rule. So <laughs> wait, did anyone at Virgin like say like Let Teddy Riley? Re- re- no, no, re- no Virgin was cool, but going around all the other labels, they were just like, we, we you can't do this. We don't get You can't do this. You got to do this. And so
2: even with like, uh, so who's was, Terrence, Terrence was hitting in the Terrence 87. That was 87. Terrence came out in what, 86, 87? 87, 87. Yeah, yeah. So right.
5: even with but even that didn't sound his arrival,
2: up. well I know, but He's at least Matt if, I, if I'm, but as,
7: I'm late,
5: as, I'm as, like, as, as different was. Was. as he was, was I still had all those guitars and all yeah. that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Terrence's stuff was way more R and B and soul yeah. and like Yeah, yeah, but, yes. Prince was, was MB, yeah. but Prince
2: was still the... But Prince was Prince. always
7: his own thing. And Prince I was had coming Purple Rain. Like, like, he, know, know. I built this garden for us and freedom. You know, it's
2: like but it's no, no one question. could see that oh we could have it.
7: we could have a Maverick here or own. They couldn't next? see it. So then I went to I had a, I was granted a five minute meeting at Virgin in LA with this lady, God bless her, Nancy Jeffries. Oh um Okay.
2: Thank you know who she is?
7: Yeah, She was uh, knew this guy who was managing me And she said, you got five minutes Because she used to get on the plane every Friday To fly back to New York Because her husband lived in New York And she spent the weekends in New York And the week in LA Her husband worked with Philip Glass He did something oh, wow. like, produce, engineers Anyway, they worked together So she goes, you got five minutes I put on uh, Let Love Rule and then she said, wait a minute. And then she went and got Jeff off. played Let La Rue. She played another one. I played B. Right. And he said, hold on. He got 10 got, minutes. He went and got his yeah, partner, right. Jordan Harris. The three of them are sitting there. And they're, I'm playing three, four different songs. They're writing on pads, passing it around. I'm, What's going I'm, through like, your head? I, I've been four trying, text. I've been trying to get signed by, <laughs> right, you know, right. since I was 15. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't that was know. the
5: original group text. <laughs> and
7: later I come to find out they had written John Lennon meets Prince.
6: Ah wow. wow.
7: and after 15 minutes, the Jeff said, Come to my office, and that was it. Like after all those years, then okay, we're gonna sign you. He's like, I, I have no idea if we can sell a record. I don't know how to market you. I don't know what to do with you, but we believe in it, and so we'll we'll deal with you. Wow. And that was it. Um
2: for all of for all of the linen fleck that you've gotten can i ask where does where does elvis costello stand in your Nowhere. pantheon when
7: i love i love elvis costello but when i read that first rolling stone review and they said that i sounded like elvis costello i had no idea what, what,
2: oh i didn't even know they oh, said that
7: the first because
2: everybody was saying the
7: very first uh review in rolling stone for let love rule you got the elvis review. costello was the Right. was was mentioned. And, but I didn't know, the only Elvis Costello song I knew was uh, Every Day I Write the Book, or whatever, I don't know what this is that what the name is? Because it came on MTV, yeah. Yeah, which I love. Right. Right, but I didn't understand, I didn't hear the similarity of the tone of voice or anything. Really? So that was just coincidental, I have no idea. Okay.
2: One, I but you hear it, so. No, I didn't know about that Rolling Stone mm. review, but yeah, I always felt that your voice was closer to Elvis' tone, mm-hmm. and I thought mm. that, oh, well maybe, you know, he was your hero. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was just too, and too I, easy, low-hanging fruit just to say, oh, John Lennon Disciple, I didn't know where the I,
7: Lennon thing was coming from. Truthfully, when there was a manager who was trying to manage me at the time and he was he had heard the, the record, Let La Rue was done, and he said, man, have you heard you must be a fan of the Plastic Ono record. Man. And I said, you ever I don't know this? what you're talking about. <laughs> he turned me on to the Plastic Ono record. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, there's some similarities here. Like, but you had never heard it. I had never heard the Plastic on- I just knew the Beatles. And then funny enough, when I met Yoko, um, she came to one of my first gigs in Switzerland, um, in Geneva. And shes I'm in my dressing room. Someone's banging on the door. I'm like, who is it? It's Yoko Ono. I was like, get
2: the fuck out of here! I
6: don't
7: know who's like trying to mess with me. Three, three, four more knocks. Finally, I opened the door. It was Yoko Ono, and she's like, "I'm a big fan," and da, da da da. And she said this, so I'm not saying anything about it. Like it was just super flattering, but she was like, "The way you sing is the way John wanted to sing." Wow. And I was like, "Wow, what? wow, that's
2: a high compliment there." Yeah. Well, wait. Since you mentioned it, uh. What five albums can you
3: before I just want to touch get back on, t- on that. No, right? no, no, it has not um it's just um a lo- I think a lot of those comparisons that maybe um from back then, the Lennon Costello things. Mm. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the miking, the close miking, mm-hmm. and that that sound. Right, and that compression that, and, that, Yeah, just that in your face shit with mm-hmm. the vocal. Um, is and I was screaming and I was raw and I, Yeah, and the I
7: compression totally was when just, I listened when I finally heard Mother and mm-hmm. all those songs, I was Got like, it. whoa! Like I was I. Those records are yeah, amazing. I found out God,
3: mm-hmm. all those songs. I mean, huge. Yeah, so Let Love Rule was like that in a sense. To to me, yeah. When it came out was, um, and I read that review and everything, Mm -hmm. and I and I'm a huge Costello fan, and a huge Lennon fan, but really I think a a lot of the comparisons come from from the 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 rawness and the dryness rather than Mm -hmm. than your. Also, yeah, at that time there were no dry records. That's what I'm saying. How did you? Everybody was like,
7: "Whoa!" I mean, that record Mm -hmm. was dry.
3: How'd you resist 1989? you know production. Well, because I really believed in the way this stuff
7: sounded and it sounded so intimate to me and when i turned the record in they were like okay because they they'd heard the something. record and they signed me but then i guess they thought they were listening to like really <laughs> raw like, stuff nah, i was like the, no that's, that's it, it. <laughs> and they were like no no you got to get somebody to mix this record so they called this guy oh, huh? what's his name he mixed you two uh, daniel lenoir L- no lily white no and we went to Green Street Studios.
5: James, Oh, God.
7: No, um, James oh, God. Anyway, I'll get his name. Really nice guy. <clears throat> and then he started taking it and, you know, trying to make it slicker and more. And horror. And then I ended up, and then it didn't. I, I was like, no. Do they have those mixes anymore? Yeah. I'd like to hear what a oh, slicker is. I would love to hear that shit. Because <laughs> at, to- at the time, it was like Bon Jovi, and it was right. like, Triggers and yeah. big drums and gated <laughs> reverb, a lot of lexicon, you know, yeah, all that. So here was this stale, soft. I love lexicon. You know?
5: <laughs> nah, they're dope, but I yeah. wouldn't
7: put it on that record, you yeah. know. But all those, all that non-linear, you know, bah, and all that stuff. Um,
2: I, I would have liked to. The- 89 mix of I built this garden
3: for us. Like, <laughs> that would have been funny. I'm sorry. So top five. Uh, no, no, something.
2: no. Now I'm like, imagine, where, where are those mixes? Like once you I say, don't know.
3: I don't know. Someone
2: at Virgin. I got to call. Yeah. Go get them for me. You know what I'm going to find? They're
3: me. in some building somewhere yeah, in L.A. I'm going to find buildings. that shit. I can't wait. So what's on the Let Love Rule Deluxe thing that came out? Everything. Like, well, I mean, I know, but what, what came out on 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 that edition? Which edition? The anniversary edition. Yeah, the anniversary edition. All of his like rough
2: I guess. What's you're, on you're there?
3: Demos and stuff? Every
2: or? the same exact record, but all the demos. Oh,
3: okay.
7: Like little cassette things singing in with a guitar yeah. or something. Yeah.
2: It's like your I would assume the stuff that you did uh Well Cold Turkey's on there. I know that. In, mm. but also like there's a live concert. It's it's yeah. It's like three discs of stuff. But uh a lot of your uh, oh two discs. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Um yeah, a mixture of the, the, the living room demos. And I guess you're, well, you do your lyrics inside of a cassette player or that sort of thing?
7: I mean, a lot of times, yeah. Yeah, so yeah.
2: just raw raw demos, stuff like that. So, okay, I'm sure at this point, at the, this stage of your life, like there are albums that influence you and you've gotten hip to them after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got in the Beatles late when I was in like my 20s. But on your first album, mm-hmm. What were your like? What was your top five can't live without
7: records? I remember when I was making that record, talking book was constant, constant. Okay. I remember jamming that day and night on my. Uh, Steve, I think I had was like that a made a, here.
2: Hmm. Oh, that beep. Was that made here? Oh yeah. We're we? Yeah, talking we? book was made here. I'm yeah, sorry. So, forget me. And yeah. there's the road. See that road's right behind you. Yeah, That's the Stevie Wonder talking on, about roots. <laughs> we haven't said come where, on, we, man. where we are. Yeah, I yeah. will lead up to it, Dag Nabbit.
3: Wow. Well, we've time. been yes. leading
4: up to you. So.
3: <laughs> we've
2: <laughs> 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 be
6: been here for while, hours. Boss Bill is getting angry. No, I'm going to angry. I'm going to play <laughs> it. You ain't going to play <laughs> it. I'm going to play it. Boss <laughs> Bill is <laughs> getting angry. He is <laughs> getting angry. Angry. So much anger.
3: I love this song. I'm getting angry, too. Anyway, <laughs> so where ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes, uh,
2: 90 minutes into this interview, we're, we're at Electric Lady Studios in New York City, home of uh, Talking Book and uh, Music of My Mind, wow. Intervisions, so... a lot of Roy Ayers stuff and Jimi Hendrix stuff and voodoo. Mind. Yes, And voodoo, yes. And indeed. nothing
1: Lenny-wise. My, in my
2: Life mind, in just... my life the Sunshine in here? Yes. Wow. Yeah, he recorded Man. that here. Wow. You
1: never recorded here before? We chose, we chose,
2: uh, the reason why we chose Voodoo, because, well, besides the house of Jimmy, they kept the same instruments forever in the same microphone. So that Fender Rhodes, they've taken care of all the equipment.
7: That's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Like here is Mm -hmm. where he got their
1: coffee cup on the top of the Fender Rhodes, though. Who that that ignorant person that got their, okay.
2: There's a lot of damage that we uh, no one's here you came by here
3: uh, I did didn't you come by during the voodoo session yes I did yes he did
2: yes I did and he said quote there's a discrepancy in the drumming (laughs) (laughs)
6: uh, Um, everyone
7: was was I not oh oh.
2: (laughs) she's always in my hand no no
7: you sent me a thing once. No,
2: you came here. No, but
7: you got, I, I remember also taking it to my studio on 35th Street. This is, right, yeah. This is during the five album, when I was making the five album. Right. Oh, man. And I wa- it was me. I was not hip to that stuttering drum stuff. Yeah. Nobody I was, like, was. I was like, it, all of us were like, There's something a wrong? discrepancy
2: the drumming. What the hell's going on? Wait, what's <laughs> the stutter part? You know how they... Dude, D- Jay it J. Sound Dillon, like it's Dilla,
7: D- yeah. J. Dillon it up. <laughs> that's you, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's you, you. Well,
2: no, it took me a long. Like, did I, you invent that... No, it's what happened was, <laughs> uh-uh. what happened was Mm-mm. I was meticulous and straight, straighter than six o'clock, <laughs> and then never heard that before. Me remember. either. You, that's, uh, awesome. that's a Grand poopa line right there. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I, I I'm straighter than six, like six o'clock. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so basically, uh, I wanted people to think I was a computer, but then when I heard Dream Eyes of Mine, and then when I heard Jay Dilla, I was like, Yo, they sound drunk, like. Mm, that's cool, but I was still trying to be straight with with my drumming and, right. and and meticulous because I wanted to be like, oh man, that Questlove he's such a metronome. But playing with D, mm-hmm. D just naturally sounds like the, a, a cool cigarette amazing. hanging from his mouth, and and that he had some moonshine. Mm-hmm. He just always plays super laid back and yeah. right, and it forces you. So it took me and Pino about a good three months to feel safe. To do that, because I mean, you're also thinking what I wanted to avoid. I was always with D's program, but I always feared the day that another musician
7: would be like, "Damn, drums is
6: fucked up." No, no, but I
7: was all old school and my laid back two and four, and I was, just, yeah. I just, I just wasn't in that head. Mm-hmm. So but we took it, yeah,
2: we took it to a whole nother level. And when you said that, and I was like, See, and Henry I, and I, I were
7: like. There's something wrong with this. And movie. I looked at D like, you know, I told you. <laughs> that so, so can I
2: ask a no, question? No, you
7: was just like, Lenny ain't hip.
2: So can I ask a no, question? No, well, he told me, yeah, D was like, nah, man, like, this are... With a new,
6: like, this
2: is our thing. And yeah. I was like, Excuse me, Professor
1: Love, Professor Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. um, so here's my question. Within the Voodoo, so- like, the album, can you give us an example of where we might have heard that stutter just for some oh, people? Every song.
6: Every song? The whole player yes. all, all that thing. shit is uh, way behind. And like, they're
7: doing okay. it now. I mean, well, other un- people are
6: doing
1: it and
7: now. And Untitled,
1: a, right? Like, really? Is is that what... Because I hear... Mm, that's yeah,
5: what, yeah in
1: listen
7: how late that damn stereo The doom. Like, it's just... No, it's I mean, it's just... A okay. beat that should be where you think it should be, and it doesn't, is behind or ahead. Yeah, or, how does it feel? Just, okay, you know, and it's it's, but it's. But dope. At,
2: at the time, we wanted him to play on "She's Always in My Hair," which right. I really took it to the next hill. I mean, I was ODing on Slum Village, <laughs> so wow. by that point, you know,
7: I was that everybody Dilla who's had, listening feels they like did they it learned right. something. I wasn't in the right frame of mind at the time. They did it right.
1: Oh
2: man,
7: you know. You
1: know. Did you ever introduce the stutter at some later point?
7: Um, well, no.
2: hell yeah, no, because you got. I mean, I consider of the next generation of drummers. Mm. I mean, for a while, what's his name was drumming with you? Um, who? Uh, who drums with? Uh, On tour? Tall. Oh, uh, uh Not Franklin. Was, wasn't Daru drumming for you for who? a second?
4: Daru Jones.
7: Was he not? No, drumming? Darrell Jones.
4: <laughs> Did you That's say so no. Jones. That's enough. They said
2: Daru, that's but you can it. actually the, no. Wait, remix <laughs> <who, laughs> Damn. I don't want to find this out on my own radio show. Because I'm about to be loud and wrong. Are you talking
7: about in the studio or in live? Live. Okay. Who
2: is your drummer that drums with you? Tall black guy. Franklin
7: Vanderbilt Jr. Damn.
2: All this time. It ain't the first time. It's okay.
7: That's a legit name. No, nah,
2: I've been loud and wrong on like, people where they're born and not. But all this time, <laughs> because Frank and, and Daru, Kind of uh, position their drums in a very particular way mm-hmm. that I just thought they were the same person based uh, on how they—they're okay. they're the only people I know who snare drum leans and tilts towards twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm.
6: You just yeah, said he said goes with just the, so the clock again, yeah. so Jack White, yeah. Jack,
2: okay, Jack White, okay. right? Yeah. The, the the smooth criminal lean. Okay. Yes. So I always thought that Daru mm-hmm. was also no. your drummer and no. Jack White's drummer. Now I'm realizing that there's two. Dr- so it's Franklin.
7: Yeah, he's, he's, on the, he's, he's on the new
5: tour now, yeah. Ah okay. Yeah, he's bad. One day I gonna get names and and places <laughs> on the maps right. There's also um, a singer, and I don't know if she's still with you. She was a friend of mine. We went to college together, Yazara. Oh, yes. yes. How did y'all hook sing with Yeah, she's with him. They, yes. they, 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 did,
7: they did a few years with me on, on Strut. Killed it. Yeah, Shit. On the tour, she yeah. She did
4: the, uh, the, the Prince thing, the, the Windup's Cry thing, too. Okay. That's right. Okay. She sang
7: in the – because I called her. She was in town. I had her come and – Joined the choir when we did Doves Cry and The Cross. Yeah. yeah.
5: How did you guys link up? How did you come across her? Through uh,
7: Erica Jerry, who was one of the background singers, uh, she she was singing with um, Rafael Sadiq. Okay. And they were opening for me in Europe. Yeah. And so we got to know her, and then I just called her. I was like, I need three girls for the tour. Da, da. She brought them all. That's what's up. And she, she knew Yazra.
5: Yeah, yeah, me and her we go way back. I, yeah, she told me she got that gig. She's I was like, amazing. Holy shit, that's so dumb. yeah.
2: Okay, so now in your your wise age and in hindsight,
7: I now get the stutter.
5: Lindy <laughs> <laughs> is getting out. Right. <laughs> well, he went and did five. That shit sold like gangbusters. So I think he he won. <laughs> yeah, he won. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that
2: uh, after let love rules, mm. go, go, let love rule.
5: You can out. be
7: colored and add an S.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was the greatest thing you ever said. <laughs> so when it comes out, uh, you become a household name. And even though I know you've
7: had it bigger The roster, next album. Is, no, like, no. That level was like the introduction, but yeah.
2: Yeah, when you know it ain't over till
7: it's over, pop, door, then it was. I feel like doors
2: open for you. Yes, and also I would like to think that the effects of what happened during that first album mm-hmm. is what caused the second album to happen. Because there's, I mean, there's some confessional.
7: Yeah, I here, I was, my dear, shirt exactly
2: going on with the second album. Absolutely. So what I want to know is, not that a person should ever regret. Moves or, or mm-hmm. any course their life takes, but what was it to have success and what occurred that? And do you have any regrets of your initial breakout? What? I hope I asked the no. question. regrets I, okay, of I, the initial. Let moment. me try. A a try yeah, long. Long. do okay. you regret get, making a whole lot of money on your first <laughs> album? <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> okay, talk to me about the effects of. of of the effects of the album coming out and I mean it was a fantasy
7: I didn't know what was going on man this was all I had just grown up being a fan all my life and now I'm now I'm doing that thing that I love and I'm going around the world and I'm playing and people know the music and it's like you're the new guy you know I mean, Prince called me on the phone. I mean, it was yeah, like. Yeah, when you're the it guy, you know, it's, it's a, your life Trent changed. Can't call me on the phone. I mean, wow. every, you know, and it was like all of a sudden you're meeting these people and everybody's coming, Yoko was coming around and this, you know, and. um, Actually, wait, real quick, because you played
2: when you were mine at the Apollo with Prince. Yes. What was that like?
7: Um, I don't even remember. It was just like, he used <laughs> when, to call me wouldn't... all the time. Really? But the mic wasn't, he had me, and he had me off on the side because he, you know, he didn't want me right there next to him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I wouldn't either.
7: No, but he he kicked my ass. It's just, you know, but he, he always wanted to make sure, you know, Division. but, um, yeah, that was a trip. That was one of the first times we, we. I think it's the first time we played live. I know. And then we we Well, started,
2: you talked about it on TV. Yeah, so. and then
7: he would call me, like we'd be in Amsterdam. He'd call me in the middle of the night. I'd have a show in another city. say, meet me at this club and. We'd go play f- for a few hours, and then he'd give me, like, a bag of money. Like, he was so generous about it. He'd be like, all right, I made this,
6: <laughs> and here's
7: yours. Here's your cut. <laughs> here's your cut. And uh, he'd walk out with a bag of money. But, um, damn, he did the opposite with me.
2: He once made me take a taxi cab
5: <laughs> from, ah, from
2: like, Philly <laughs> to the <to, to laughs> butter on in Manhattan. Wow. My bill was, like, $400.
1: That sounded like more of the revolution stories, too. I
5: was like, that sound, your, Lenny's version is different because when the revolution was talking. Damn, was he like, liked you yeah. and shit.
2: <laughs> Motherfucker
5: wouldn't even cover my cab. Remember my song, Lady Cab Driver, Amir?
6: <laughs> <laughs> Fine word. <laughs> that was pretty good. That
7: was pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, it was a fantasy. It was a fantasy. I, I didn't know. I wasn't thinking. I was, I was just doing. I had no
5: idea what was going on. No idea. And financially at that time, like, were you good? Like, were you making, where was your money coming from? I, mean, I was from? renting an apartment. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't making,
7: like, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess starting on the third record, when Are You Gonna Go My Way hit, That's then it, it turned into more of a, like, gotcha. oh,
5: wow. Like, oh, oh, like we're going around the world playing arenas and, you know. Speaking of that song, thank you for putting that in Guitar Hero. Ah, because that turned my sons onto your music, <laughs> and like we we played that, and they they loved that song, and oh, that thanks, that man. put them onto your music. I started mm-hmm. showing them more your stuff. Thank you. Yeah.
2: West Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora.
5: This is the story of how a group of people brought
7: music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation.
9: You're free
2: completely. No one is there to destroy you.
7: The danger they endured.
8: They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan
7: Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.